And welcome to another edition of the Morning Briefing. I'm Jeff DeForest, along with Mike Luby Lubitz, and it's celebration. One of my favorite weekends of the year, the Labor Day weekend. Any three-day weekend for me is uh, considered to be a uh, very uh, favorable position as, uh, you know, nobody wants to work, right, on a Monday. Uh, that'll be great. Uh, but uh, we're here and happy to be with you. And we had the kickoff of what is uh, an appropriate pun, but of what is going to be, I think, a fairly, at least a long weekend of college football with many offerings on the table, many opportunities to plunge and bet your money, including a game that Luby gave us great detail and analysis on yesterday, which I still don't know who he's picking, Florida State and LSU. The best thing with LSU was when Brian Kelly somehow acquired a Cajun accent. <laughs> and he sounded like Eddie Delahousse as he was about to uh, mount uh, some favorite for the fifth race at Santa Anita back in the day. And uh, you're wondering, uh, you know, what, what is this? Uh, you know, is this the football coach at uh, Louisiana State or Tab Benoit, the singer? Could be. But uh, nonetheless, uh, that that's going to be a feature game. That's a, a focal point game that's going to take place on Sunday night. Uh, probably the best on the card. Uh, the second most attractive game and uh, the most attractive uh, and prominent game of last night's schedule involved a team. And this is a great circumstance, Louie. I don't know how you feel about this because uh, you really don't want to demean or be uh, derogatory, disparaging towards college aged kids that are playing as athletes. I mean, uh, you know, to be cursing out a player or talking about what garbage this guy is, or this is a horrible quarterback. Uh, it, it seems uh, a little bit over the top, right? If you're a professional, which uh, most of these guys are now uh, by uh, any standard of judgment where they're getting paid hundreds of thousands and in some cases millions of dollars in name, image, and likeness fees, long overdue. Could uh, the NCAA and uh, all of its uh, membership, could they not have benefited from just coming clean a long time ago? Oh, yeah. In terms of how much money they would have saved, they would have still been able to siphon off the majority of the capital to pay coaches and, and grease all of the people uh, that are uh, on the board of directors. But uh, – yeah, they, they could have easily capitulated a long time ago to paying players. I remember uh, as a, a freshman there at the Syracuse University on a baseball team, and a guy hands me an envelope, and inside of it was $15, and that was laundry money. They, they, they would have had to uh, you know, come up with something along those lines, some, some paltry sum of money, and they would have appeased these players and maybe dodged what has become uh, a pandemonium-like creation that we have now in college sports, which is why, Luby, it's very difficult to judge from a gambling standpoint which way to go on these games unless you have done an intense amount of studying and looked into all of the different changes that have taken place on any college team's roster, which is not as easy to track as uh, you would think because uh, it used to be just, well, they got a pretty good incoming uh, freshman class. They lost one guy. He transferred out of here. He's going to have to sit out of here. And uh, they got a couple of guys coming in that have been on the pines for a while on ice. Um but now it could be a whole new team, as is the case with your favorite coach, Deion Sanders, who you would think was Vince Lombardi taking over a college program the way that he's being promoted. Uh, and, and you uh, are of the opinion that Deion's going to fall flat on his uh, face. By the way, when, when did he start wearing a cowboy hat? All of a sudden, he's Hoss Cartwright out there. Five months around. ago. <laughs> yeah. Do they, do they lose every game this year? I mean, uh, this this program oh, is being touted as if it was a cinch to win the national championship. No, no. I mean, they'll be lucky to win three games. I mean, they, they, they're they bad. They changed over like 60 or 70 players. You can't have 60 or 70 new players in one offseason and expect to do anything. I mean, they'll be lucky if they win three games, 100%. 
Yeah, and we don't know if uh, Dion can actually coach or if uh, he's just well, one of these uh, Joel Osteen-like presences <laughs> in front of uh, a young bunch of kids that uh, just idolize the fact that, uh, hey, that's uh, that's Neon Dion there. A anyway, I mean, is there anything better, more delightful than starting out the college football, especially from a degenerate gambling standpoint, uh, and, and seeing a team that you absolutely despise play like shit? I mean, my having your team win is always a little better, but watching the team you hate suck is not that's far what behind. Florida Gators. Over the course of the season, and that and it's really never going to get any better. Uh, last night was a great example. Uh, they take on Utah on the road. Utah was without their quarterback, who was a, a real exciting, uh, electrifying player last year. They were without their best defensive player, and what, about 11 others uh, were injured and out for this ballgame? They were missing eight starters total, including their best tight end, which I guess is their best offensive player, Cam Rising, their quarterback, who is one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the country, and their best defensive player, a uh, defensive end, that is uh, one of the better defensive ends in the country. So okay, and, and the spread plummeted in uh, the direction of the Gators yes. as the game approached. I don't know what it went off about. It was like four and a hook after being uh, as high as seven and change, people were sending it in on the Florida Gators. Now, we hate the Gators for good reason here. We're uh, originating from South Florida, and the Gators uh, just have always been a problem for uh, the University of Miami, the team that is the most prominent here in town, and had that uh, two decades of dominance where they were absolutely sensational. It was exciting to watch. It was better than watching pro football, catching the uh, Hurricanes there, and everybody around the country hated them, despised them, it seemed like they were the openly defiant ones. Uh, they were uh, Johnny Manziel going out there and uh, giving it the old money sign, like, and you knew he was on the take. Mm -hmm. And you were thinking, there's nothing that they can do about it, right? They can't stop these guys. They were uh, absolutely spectacular to watch. And yet, the history with the Gators, the ugly history goes all, all the way back to 19... I'm not even born in that movie, but uh, the hurricane program was on the threshold of the uh, verge of extinction as they were talking about just disbanding the program. It was such a failure. They weren't drawing any fans. They were a losing team uh, constantly. They had Fran Kersey as their coach, 1971. And uh, Dave Dickey comes in with his Gator football team and a quarterback named uh, John Reeves, who was at the uh, time of kickoff 343 yards behind Jim Plunkett for the all-time record of passing yardage as a collegiate quarterback. All right, nice distinction, right? You would want to go for that. Yeah. Uh, the, the game is a, a mismatch all the way. It scores like 48 to 6 uh, late in the ball game. And the Hurricanes uh, get a remarkable punt return. They finally raise a little bit of a gallop uh, on the offensive side on the uh, sense that they might actually go in for a score. And they run it back to the 21-yard line with little time left in the game. And Reeves now only 10 yards short after a sensational performance of accomplishing the record and surpassing the record of the great Jim Plunkett, who would go on to be a number one pick. And uh, his pro career was sort of eh, but uh, he did win a Super Bowl, did he not? Jimmy Plunkett there? Did yes, he win Plunkett. one with the uh, Patriots? Yeah. Had a resurgence late in his career. Raiders? Oh, with the Raiders. His career was underwhelming until late, and then he had like a resurgence late in his career and did win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Reeves is going for the record. Uh, there's little time left in a ball game. And the Gator fans uh, that were outnumbering the Hurricane fans, even though the game is in Miami, start screaming, let him score, let him score. And so the Gator defensive team uh, actually on the snap 
lays down on the field. They allow the <laughs> Hurricane quarterback, who's stunned. He doesn't know what the hell is going on here. And uh, he waltzes into the end zone for an easy score. The Hurricanes uh, end up being down at that point 48-16. But the Gators get the ball back. And what do they do? They send Reeves back to pass, and he breaks the all-time record. The Gator flop. As, as despicable. Now, we've seen in the NBA, Luby, a couple of times where uh, guys have uh, – you know, gone ahead and, and allowed somebody to go in and get a rebound or whatever, and you have a guy late in the game, and they deliberately let him throw, you know, a couple of passes so he can get the assist record. And it, it always seems ugly. There's something tainted about it. It's almost worse than just having a needle in your arm as you uh, step up to home plate there. And uh, there it goes. <laughs> that looks like number 62, and Bonds has done it. <laughs> and you're thinking, uh, well, how did that happen? This guy was, uh, you know, a good hitter. Good for about 30 home runs every year. All of a sudden, he's hitting 75 by the All-Star. Yeah, player. exactly. <laughs> but Seelig's there, Matt. I don't sense anything happening here. Do you? What could possibly be going on? Canseco's got a needle in his neck. <laughs> it looks like a quarter horse meet somewhere at Los Alaminos, where the uh, horses still have the needles in their flank. Uh, it, it was uh, ugliness. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Is that, uh, I mean, would that be enough for you to uh, permanently hate the Florida Gator uh, program? I mean, because there were there were there were other things after that, that that made the situation even worse. So, I mean, you know, they dropped the uh, series against the Hurricanes eventually because they were losing all the time, and so uh, they went from 1987 till 2002 without playing each other, even though certain things were mandated by the state. This wasn't one of them, but uh, the Florida State Florida series they they probably would have disbanded that if it wasn't uh, legislated by the people in Tallahassee that they have to continue the series forever. Yes. Uh, Sparrier, of course, was an easy guy to dislike at the time, although he became a very likable figure when he went to South Carolina and just became the ball coach. Yes, yes. But uh, he was, uh, I mean, despicable, literally. When he was uh, that, that smarmy, uh, cocky uh, coach of the Gators, and they were beating everybody like a drum, and he had the uh, fun and gun offense there, and they were putting up 50 points. Uh, you know, e even Danny Werfel is winning. Heisman trophies. I mean, Danny Werfel, think about that. When, when you look on the stage there and you say, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> it's Danny Werfel. Yeah. Who was throwing, uh, you know, passes that, that you had to invoke the infield fly rule, but the Gator receivers were so wide open in the Spurrier offense that it, it, it didn't make any difference. So he hated him then. And then Urban Meyer, I mean, do I need to say any more, Luby, Urban Meyer? Enough reasons to hate the Gators, but uh, just an absolute delight last night, was it not? Watching them get crushed and, and looking like th this is going to be season and mission impossible. I'm not sure. I mean, this Napier might be a good guy who's coaching him right now. It's possible he has some virtue to him. And maybe some of the things that he said at his original press conference. Yeah, we're going to get this program going in the right direction. That's right. Now we're going to stand on moral uh, ground the entire time. We're going to do everything the right way. We're going to create a new culture here. And, and, you know, they go back to uh, their cheating ways. And uh, now they don't have Anthony Richardson, who's going to be throwing interceptions this year for the Indianapolis Colts. That's going to be ugly, too, isn't it? Now, Luby, speaking of the Gainers, do we root against? Uh, Richardson seems like a delightful young man. How can you root against him, even though he went to the University of Florida? I root against him. Be tough, <laughs> I root right? against Tebow, and he was, like, sent by God. So you're talking to the wrong guy. Exactly. <laughs> Tim Tebow, who made one of the dumbest – uh, most insipid speeches ever at a press conference after a game. I will never play harder than I will uh, now from now on. After. I mean, <laughs> crying after a loss, uh, like a complete wimp. It was a regular season loss. <laughs> a regular season loss. No team will ever play harder. No team will ever practice harder. 
And this was seen as intellectual genius, as if Einstein himself had uttered these words, and, and they engraved it on one of the academic buildings yes. at the University of Florida as something that could have been coming down from Socrates. <laughs> some guy, some clown who throws a jump pass and couldn't make it in the pros. That's uh, their idea of uh, intellectual uh, endeavors and uh, something that would be worthy of being uh, literally engraved into a building. How sick is that? The uh, overwhelming influence of uh, another reason to despise the University of Florida. Tim Tebow uh, played there. Uh, although, in and of itself, I mean, what? Is he a bad guy? Biggest entourage we ever saw at uh, any of our uh, visits to the Super Bowl sites. Tim Tebow had like 14 guys following him. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Don't be talking to Tim. What did he really do? Nothing. Nothing. Hit 175 for the Mets. He's probably uh, remembered uh, more for that. <laughs> anyway, they go down. Uh, they had two guys wearing the same uniform number that happened to gather around uh, a punt return. And the same uh, the so that, that yes. cost him a touchdown early in the ball game as uh, Utah got the ball back. Uh, how many uh, pre-snap penalties did they have in this game? Uh, at least a half a seven, dozen. I think seven or eight. Seven or eight. Failed on the fourth and short uh, when they had a chance to get back into the ball game. Uh, just ran an abysmal play, a uh, brick of a call right into the middle of the line of scrimmage. Why don't we uh, run it run right into all those fat guys? Yeah, brilliant, maybe here. That was fantastic. And uh, then they got they make it another shoulder and uh, and. Or, Bat. And and he uh, catches it as balls going into the end zone, puts them back uh, deep in their own territory, and they throw a pick right, right after that. Every mistake that you could make, the Gators made in this ball game last night. It was great. Twenty-four eleven, though the final there. If you were laying the four on a hook, you felt very good about it. And I was reveling in it because what a way to kick off the season! Seeing a team that you outright despise <laughs> just get smoked. Couple of quick notes here uh, too. Uh, the Yankees are going to uh, analyze their analytic department. Oh, there you go. Who, who do you hire to do that? <laughs> More analytics guy. Isn't that the same thing as firing the hitting coach? Come on, Hal Steinbrenner, you have to wake up and look in the mirror. That, that's what you need to do. Never mind this deep dive. Cashman has to have pictures of Hal Steinbrenner yes. with at that Lisa Meanwell. The crazy chick, uh, the soccer mom that was chasing Cashman all over the place. And uh, I, I don't know if he was, uh, you know, doing it right there in the Yankees' offices. But she had something on him. <laughs> and he eventually couldn't take it anymore. He was making so many payments to this woman. He finally went to the FBI and said, she, she's extorting money for me. Exactly. But I, I, don't you think Hal Steinbrenner had to be on some kind of three-way there? Uh, I don't want to apply something that I really don't have any factual uh, evidence of. <laughs> but why is Cashman still there? And they're going to analyze the analyst, some math geeks that they hired to, to send them, uh, you know, astray and, and make them think that, you know what, Stanton can overcome all of those strikeouts, <laughs> even though he's waving at pitches that you couldn't hit with an oar. <laughs> some low outside slop that gets this guy every time when he has two strikes on him. I mean, I, who looks more feeble with two strikes on him than Giancarlo Stanton? Oh, Do you need analytic geniuses to look at that? No, <laughs> you need to get rid of this guy. Stop having him be your designated hitter when he's going to strike out 50% of the time. That doesn't require any kind of mathematical permutations. You don't have to be Rene Descartes to figure that out. So uh, I, I don't know. Well, when are they going to wake up? Or do you think it will eventually come to uh, the surface that uh, Cashman had pictures of Steinbrenner with Lisa Meanwhile all along? That's what's holding up the Yankees. Yeah, I don't know what else it could be. I mean, at this point, keep Cashman and Boone. They want to keep Boone, too. How can you keep Boone? Yeah, it's all Booney. You don't want to get rid of this guy. 
guy walks to first base so uh, when he's just uh, hit one off the wall and gets thrown yes. out <laughs> he's a guy from left that. field and Aaron's like well you know what that's just uh you know so and so being so and so donaldson <laughs> being donaldson it's not manny <laughs> Yeah, you got some 147 hitter that uh, exactly. you're thinking is going to somehow recapture the form that he uh, exhibited in 2015. May as well just dig up Hector Lopez while you're at it, if you're the Yankees. Maybe that's the answer. And uh, we do have to uh, pay tribute to uh, John Isner, whose uh, career ended yesterday at the oh. U.S. Open. John Isner, 6'10", uh, kind of a freak. I mean, giant serve, had more races than anybody in the history of the game from the time they started tracking that, which I would imagine probably would hold up uh, over uh, the course of uh, tennis history also. I mean, this guy just had a cannon uh, of a serve, and uh, that was not necessarily all he had, but pretty close to it. Mm. Because I, I would have to venture to say he also uh, set the record for being in tiebreakers. He, he also uh, was involved in the longest match ever, that uh, hideous atrocity that they made them endure at Wimbledon that year when he played Nicholas Mahout and the uh, fifth set. They had to play it out in number of games to win by two, a ridiculous premise. The Brits hang on to things forever, don't they, Louie? Traditions that uh, no longer have uh, any meaning and uh, any uh, real actual purpose and almost defy logic. But uh, 70-68 was the final there. So uh, Isner uh, etched into tennis history in many categories. And, uh, of course, how appropriate is this? I mean, no, I, I don't know that anybody played more tiebreakers than John Isner because uh, he couldn't break anybody's serve and nobody could break his. And he ended up, of course, going out, losing a fifth set tiebreaker. At, uh, and it was the super tiebreaker where they played at 10 points at the U.S. Open. But a nice career, 16 titles, uh, not a superstar. People have been asking uh, what happened and who's going to be the face of American tennis. Uh, it seems like forever, going all the way back to like the Revolutionary War. As, uh, we've been waiting for this. I guess we've had a couple of period of times where we were prominent. McEnroe Connors, of course. Agassi Sampras, uh, that era of American tennis. But uh, Since that time, right? That's a long time ago. It's 30 years. Or 20. Andre had long hair back then. Yeah. I mean, Agassi was bald when he was a face, but it's been about 25 years. I would say late 90s. It's been since the late 90s since America's had a presence in the men's tennis tour. And it's sort of why tennis doesn't matter here (laughs) anymore. Which Uh, matters uh, at the U.S. Open, though. I mean, uh, the crowds there are fantastic and they really get into it. Uh, But uh, Isner going out yesterday. And uh, so uh, we applaud his career. Also, another American uh, that was uh, showing some promise at one time, Jack Sock, mm-hmm. has uh, retired. I, I think he had reached, is it possible he reached number two in the world at one point? Jack Sock. I don't know that name. But at all. Uh, never really, uh, you know, capitalized on uh, whatever the uh, potential was that people saw for him. Although had a nice career, I'm sure he's going to uh, enjoy his retirement. We uh, wish them well. Carlos Alcaraz, uh, straight sets uh, last night. This guy is just as entertaining as any athlete uh, to watch. So if you get a chance, uh, check that out as the U.S. Open will uh, work its way into week number two over the weekend. All right, we have to run. Uh, thanks so much. That, that's your morning briefing for today. Uh, them guiders taking it right on the chin. <laughs> Elmo, start up there. You win a bago, man. We're going to the game. <laughs> Fucking hillbillies. <laughs> you got what you deserved last night. I, I, it should be that way, should it? I mean, it's college kids. Come on. All right, I, I, uh, see you next time. Yeah. I, for, I uh, don't care about the individual kids, but I love them losing. I'm sorry. I don't feel bad about oh it. Oh, my God. very happy. <laughs> Nothing uh, could have brought about a greater feeling of euphoria than seeing them getting shellacked <laughs> and looking stupid in the process. <laughs> SEC team, my ass. All right. Uh, we'll see you next time on uh, the next edition of the Morning Briefing.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.